Let's go hunt. DJ Slizzard! Okay, so... It's the end. It's the end. Um... So one, this was funny today. Uh, I saw. I don't follow Twitter anymore, but I do. There's message boards that post mm-hmm. things and occasionally post a tweet. There's some representative from Mississippi or something where where he he, and of course it's some white guy, and he said, for all the people who say healthcare is a right, do they think food should be a right? And it was one of those things like. Dude, you're this close. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, food should be fucking right. <laughs> I mean, it's in the human rights. People, like, people shouldn't starve to death. Yes, in 2018 America. Yeah, and and I'm sure this is a Republican who is totally anti-abortion. Right. Mm-hmm. You have a right to life. As soon as you pop out of that vagina, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> it's really like the 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 level of uh, of the level that I don't understand them on is is I, I'm not going to say the level of like oh they think wrong, they think very differently than I do, mm-hmm. and so it's like. The the disconnect is is strong. Like to me, these are completely rational things. That doesn't mean they are for sure rational. From my perspective, they are. You know, we were talking today at lunch um, about libertarians, and one of the guys, you know, is that is that cute to stop talking about libertarians? No. no. <laughs> I just wanted to put something in it. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting because he was conflating libertarians and socialists, actually. Where. Okay. The. I, I'm trying. I want to make sure I represent. I mean, there's always ways that people. Yeah. Things can be. But no, no, not not like. Not in a making a point type way, but it is in a general, general, genuinely confused type way. And. You know, I want to make sure I represent the conversation correctly. You know, he was thinking that, you know, I don't even know how to put it. But, you know, like, libertarian is, you know, person first, you know, individual first type thing. Yeah. Don't overreach with government. And for some reason, this guy thought that, you know, the libertarian fundamentals work well if... Everyone started on an even playing field. Like if you took all the wealth in the in the world and distributed it socialistically, uh-huh. then went to libertarian, that there'd be something there. I don't think humans are that kind of creature. You, uh, you don't? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I think. That but you know, but so like he he was like you know having a hard time. He was thinking like start the libertarian experiment from a, a starting point. An even starting point, right? And that's not 
that's not that that's antithetical that's, from libertarianism. That's isn't it? Uh, I suppose you could say that that's equity, but it's not equality. You're starting, it's, it's like a race, you're starting everybody in the same line, but you're not helping people who are disadvantaged. Like, what if there's somebody with one leg? Yeah. Right? Or, um, there is somebody. Learning disability. There, there is somebody who has cleats, so they're going to be a better runner, you know, naturally. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Just, um,. The idea. Let me let me make this point clear because I think this is a point that isn't made enough. Uh, which is, none of these things are perfect, and none of these I think should be the basis of which of how society should be always run. It's when the conditions are right, certain things are better than certain other things. Uh, it's conditional mm-hmm. how the system should work. To better as many people as possible. Yeah, that seems like the better way to do it. And for me, the the way, like the the best method I can think of to design a system is to use the I think it was John Rawls that came up with it. I'm not sure if that's correct. The veil of ignorance, which is imagine that you don't know where you're going to be in this system. You have no idea. Where you will be, what your circumstance will be, how would you build a system, and then be placed into mm-hmm. it? Well, that sounds kind of like, um, I don't want to change the subject, but yeah. the, it's very analogous to something that has come up. Gerrymandering, mm-hmm. and how state legislatures you know, vote on the districts. CMU, Carnegie Mellon University came up with a pretty equitable way which I just love and I wish we would get some traction one party draws a map for the entire state the other... before you begin this is I'm already thinking is this sort of like somebody cuts the cake and then the other person chooses yes. which right piece so they... one party draws a map and the other party picks their favorite piece and then they draw the map so, like, if you're drawing the map and the other person gets to pick the piece, you're going to make everything equitable, right? Or you're, or you're going to try to minimize their advantage, right? That's if you're trying to game the system, you're going to try to minimize their advantage, or you're trying to maximize your advantage as much. But you as don't well. get to pick. You never pick them from a map you draw, right? But you see a map that gives you possibly advantage, and so you're going to pick the highest advantage you get. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just basic game theory. You're yeah. going to pick the highest advantage, and you're going to try to draw the most equitable map you can. Is equitable, or are you going... Or, or you're going to try to, to make... Could it lead to more gerrymandering, where you're trying because, to dilute every possible well, potential? If, if, the, if, if you say... Yeah, because, like, what, what if it's like, well, the Republicans are going to pick this next district, so let's make one district that's full of Republicans. Then they may pull that the like it's a huge crazy district because full of Republicans, well, and if they pick that one, they're going to get that one. But then all the other ones are oh. are more leaning. Oh, that's an interesting. Way. I was thinking of dilute all the Republicans, like 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 in these super long gated like like everything reaches into the. Let's use the opposite. It's since Democrats are generally focused in urban centers, right? right? Like uh, Austin, Texas is a great example, right? Because Austin, Texas is super liberal, mm-hmm. but they only have one 
Demog- right. at least before this most recent election, I don't know what the stats are now, they only had one Democratic representative because it's like a spokes of a tire. All these rural districts dip into Austin and grab a little segment of it and go back out right. and have this huge, wide conservative base. Uh-huh. So you could do the same kind of thing, but even worse in this thing, right? Okay. If I'm Republicans and I want to dilute the Democrats' districts, every one of the suburban districts are going to reach into the urban centers, right? And it's going to be these super long pie-shaped finger things, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's the downside to the CMU proposition. Yeah, I think Uh, think this can be game just as much as anything else. I mean, that's what I started to think about. But on the surface, it sounds great, right? Because you don't want – you want to make everything equitable and have them pick their favorite – but yeah, no. I, I the more I thought about it, the more it seems like everything's going to be. You're going to draw a district that sucks as where every district sucks as much as it can for the opponent, mm-hmm. and that it's going to lead to more gerrymandering, right? Yeah, I, I, and I the think... whole point of this thing was like, how can we? Reduce gerrymandering. Yeah, and the whole point is to reduce it and to make things as equitable as possible, such that the the your vote is going to count the most because you're not pushed in with a whole bunch of people who disagree with you. It, your uh, your the popular opinion is going to influence how things work. It's it, it's going to be very much based around deviations from the center by popular mood as opposed to, well, everything in here is going to be red no matter what we do. And everything here is going to be blue no matter what we do. What if Congress was allocated proportionally instead of geographically? So well, Congress little... is, al- like, the House is allocated proportionally, the Senate is not. Well, but more so, instead of having districts, I guess there's still arbitrary lines, right? There's still states. But I'm saying like, okay, so Pennsylvania goes 65% Republican. Then it gets 65% of Republican, you know, candidates. Right. But I guess then you're not really voting on candidates. It's more of a, you know, you know it actually re-entrenches the parties even more. It takes the individual out of the of the races, I guess. If you do, I don't like think. I, I think that there's some studies that I saw. And I haven't read them, so I don't. So I'm just you know parroting out mm-hmm. shit that I saw. So don't take this as 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 verbatim. But I think that there were some studies done where this sort of thing is inevitable. This sort of partisan stuff, like even this sort of differentiation in between people's facts, mm-hmm. is inevitable. What people consider facts. So. I'm I'm more a lo- of of the opinion that you know <laughs> this is I'm playing the doggy style restyled uh, the whole album. Um, get your surfboard and ride the wave, as opposed to trying to hold a, a big board against the wave. You hold a big board against the wave, you're going to get crushed. If you ride the wave, you're going to get. Exciting times and less exciting times. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through. I mean, this is an interesting time we're in, uh, but I don't think that this is necessary. I mean, it's unique because everything is unique, but it's not. 
there have been crazy partisan times in the past, even in this country, and even from the beginning. Yeah, was, I mean, just just look at. It's not clear, but I mean, if you look at like some of the shit in Hamilton, right? You know, you can see the 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 tough decisions and the partisan. You know, newspapers then weren't objective; <laughs> they were very much like everything was Fox News or or. Um, MSNBC, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like it was uh, very, very partisan, very, very, very strongly partisan. But there wasn't uh, what there wasn't was as much information being distributed to everybody in the country. It's very strange in the U.S. because the U.S. is so big, and there is no control on information like, say, in China, where they strongly control information. Mm-hmm. Um, or Russia. So it's an exceptionally large country with a lot of people in it where the the choice of where to get information is almost allocated like the choice of what sports team people root for. Mm-hmm. And that leads to these this this weird conundrum. It's a very it's it's a I I bet like a historian a hundred years from now is going to have a fucking field day with this. As long as we come back from the brink, I mean... Assuming... <laughs> there won't be any historians a hundred well, years from now I, if we don't. Assuming we don't destroy us, and I'm not necessarily saying it's a uni- United States historian. Who knows that the United States is yeah. going to last? But, yeah. uh, I mean, a hundred years is a long time uh, in human terms. Yeah. But, um... That's the one I that... think there are going to be... I don't think the world's going to end. That's Assuming the, the world doesn't end. That's the one shortcoming that I see in the system is... The one? <laughs> <laughs> the big one is that... Oh, that is your foot. Yeah, that's my foot. Um, doing things that are good for the long view, right? Like how... like, Like... There's two things like you know, stock market makes publicly traded companies just care about the next quarter, right? It's really hard for a company to invest in the long view, and the same thing goes for politics. You know, it, it's the election cycle. You know, it's hard. how do well, you senators should be, but but because but they six are... years isn't the long view. I'm talking about like twenty years. Like how do you get policies in place? Well, that, I, 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 I remember it takes twenty years. To I remember show I made benefit. the argument. A while ago, that uh, if we found out tomorrow an asteroid was going to hit the world in 200 years, we would do nothing. <laughs> and we wouldn't do anything until maybe five years before it would happen, assuming the culture stays the same. Mm-hmm. But the culture right now would do absolutely oh, yeah. nothing. You, you, the planet's going to be destroyed in 200 years? Yeah. yeah, no. Congress would do nothing about it. Yeah. But, I mean, even if it's, like, 20 years, I mean... Okay, so same thing. 20 years. Nothing's going to happen in the next four. No. But but there will be serious planning, in, and in particular, serious planning then fr- from <clears throat> other countries, not just the United States, and from private interests. Right? There will probably be very a lot of political good luck in the U.S., especially right now. But... There would be a lot of stuff happening in the, around the world mm-hmm. t- 
200 years, though? Oh, no. No. 20 years starts to get their attention. Is 15 years any better? 10's probably better. 10's... 10's close enough where shit's gotta get done. And you gotta build new technologies right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't... And, and 10 is the kind of thing that's conceivable for people. Mm-hmm. Like, 20 years is really hard to see. Do you? I mean, you can sort of picture yourself ten years from now. You probably can't really picture yourself twenty years from now when you're in your sixties, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just not. Our brains aren't built for that. Yeah. Um. So, because of that, we're just not. Because our brains aren't built for it, and all the institutions we build are made of people. <laughs> We're not good at constructing things that that uh, that la- that you know that do last long term. In, in in some sense, what's weird is that we do have some institutions that have lasted that long, or have lasted for a very very long time. The the thing that comes to mind first is mathematics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it has changed a lot over time, but the basics of it has survived for 2,000 years. That may be the most unique thing about it, that it, it has lasted so long. I just had this, cr- you know, weird idea where it's like, okay, so we create... 4,000 years. 4, years we create this altruistic AI that has our best interest in, in mind, but is also able to plan for the long term, long view that humans can't. Right. Like, how well would that go over? Poorly. Because yeah. anytime yeah. the AI does something that people dislike, they would say the AI is, is malfunctioning. And the AI will say, no, it's for your best interest. And they're saying, well, I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Even if, it, like, let's just assume that it is yeah. the, the near perfect AI. Uh huh. People would just would not give up that control, you know. <laughs> no, we're we're flawed creatures who don't have the ability. We can build a kind of a, a simulacrum in our mind if we work hard. It, enough. It's not like in you know even if a situation where it's not it's not like you're actually sacrificing. Like that you can live a reasonable life and have a, a, a tax that you know pays for the future type thing. And people are just going to bitch about it because there's no immediate gratification. Right. It's being invested in a future generation. At the same time, if it becomes the kind of thing that stays there for a while and doesn't change, people will accept it. So it's it's like... It, can it, a culture change their... Can a human culture change their um, like drive from the self preservation to cultural or species preservation yes but it requires a lot of energy like anything else inertia has you know you have to you have a lot of energy to adjust the inertia of something and change it to a different vector right so you're whether that is applied slowly over time or is that, is it, did i just say you know can socialism take over is that what i just said I, no no that's not what you just said you just said can people yeah but i mean you know the Can cultures change? Yes. I mean, basically, turning. They either change over time slowly or they change very fast. Maybe I'm asking about like the human 
human culture, human condition of, you know, it's it's always been self-preservation. It hasn't always been self-preservation, and it's not. And, and we get this idea that that there's a continuation of culture, but that's not true at all. Okay. Um, culture is significantly different. 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. The, the social mores, how you treat other people, sure. the way we interact with each other, what is, you know, what you wear, what, what, how you, how you style yourself, uh, uh, the things that you, that are, that you can discuss with other people things you can discuss with other sexes the 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 way in which we have sex uh, the way in which we interact with the world these are all just scratching the surface of sure. of the way in which things change dramatically uh, over the course of I mean just I mean in, in in my mind's eye, I can remember. Here's here's an example that is easy for us. Um, kids, when we were kids, we kind of ran around and did whatever the hell we wanted. We, parents mm-hmm. were, you know, we. I was a latchkey kid. I, mean, I don't know if you were, but you know, you go home from the bus and you walk you know, a couple blocks to home, and or whatever. And that's just sort of expected. I had to walk my my nephew home from two blocks away in Boston because mm-hmm. someone has to pick him up. Yeah, that's oh, it's it's a it's super different, and yeah. I'm sh- and it's and I'm not saying one is better or worse because I'm not the one to judge this sort of thing. I have my opinion, but my opinion is is, is very biased. Um, what I'm saying is. That's a cultural thing that mm-hmm. has that is just been accepted, that has significantly changed, and there's no outcry over it. There's nobody who's shouting from the rafters. This has to change. It's just something that's accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think Heather would let the kids walk up from the bus stop by themselves? No. Why not? They know how to walk around the neighborhood. This uh-huh. is. It's, you know, it's cranberry. It's other than a bunch of crazy conservatives all over the place. It's a safe place. Yeah, uh, and it is true that there is occasionally in the country some kid who gets kidnapped. Right? It happens, but it happens even when the parents are escorting their kids to the bus. Mm-hmm. It just happens in a different place. Yeah. So I was listening- it's like. Just today they're talking about that um, Lion Airlines 737 Max uh-huh. that crashed, right? And they're still talking about like the guy. I love how the guy described it. He's like, you know, air safety's travel. You know, the percentages like sky high. They're like an epic high. And as a comparison, it makes uh, car travel look like a suicide. Yes, very much so. Air is by far the safest way to travel. Exam- but you know, he actually said car travel is, by comparison is like jumping off a bridge. You know, <laughs> it's like how he put it. And- in, in terms of odds, it's, it's totally true. Yeah, like these things strike a chord because we have the, people have a bias uh, towards events that that strike a lot of people at once. 
but and control, like and, perceived control, yeah, and, and, and perceived you're good control. at controlling your fate. Uh, but yeah, there are car accidents. People die every day in car accidents. Uh, in terms of commercial airline flights, there are thousands a day, probably tens of thousands a day, and people are fine, like like super fine. Yeah. Once every five years when there's an accident, mm-hmm. people are like, oh my god. Yeah. A hundred people died out of like, what, 25 million people who have flown. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you get run over by a bus, right? I mean, that can happen. It's, it's That happens much more often than people getting... You know, people, it's, 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 it's weird, but it's one of those... It, it, it's... Like optical illusions. It's just one of the things you have to accept about people. People are not going to change. You're not going to be able to, to stop people from from arguing about the color of the dress. Right? It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fundamental part of, of how, how we work as organisms. So it's just like... So the, these perfect AI that you're talking about, it better understand that... <laughs> Because if it if it right. doesn't, it's not a it's not a very perfect AI. Yeah, no, I'm talking about one that. Sure, there's one playing the um, like it's like a lot. Like I meant perfect as in the perfect planner for the planner. for a particular, not, not the perfect psychological right. game player. But right. the per- see, the perfect planner is going to fail mm-hmm. because humans do not work like little robots. Right. That, that, Especially if you're asked to sacrifice anything of, you know... Or or a perfect planner for a whole bunch... Let me put it this way. You could be a perfect planner for um, for robots. Once the swarm gets large enough, your perfect plan is going to fail because your swarm is too large. It's going to have too many interactions for you to be able to understand okay. and predict. This is basic chaos theory. Yeah, but essentially, yeah. there's too many interactions. Too much stuff is going to happen... That is going to be outside of the control of a perfect planner. Okay, sure. Even with perfect robots that just follow very simple commands. Right. As is why you get things like ants doing the, you know, the, the swirl of death inside. <laughs> the uh, raspberry crazy ants. Yeah. Um, you ever have a notice? You ever have one of those things where? You're watching. Like, I told you about the flat Earth thing that I, that I was watching and some stuff. What's that? Uh, the flat Earth. Oh, people. Okay, sure. Uh, and more, I was watching. Like, it's not like I watch flat Earth videos. I watch some of the people who are criticizing the flat Earth videos and look at the arguments that they, that they make and you know point out things. This is one person who was super, super way wrong, but then came upon a an element that I was like. There's something to that. Not that that person thought, but there is an interesting thing in there. Okay. So this person's argument was that uh, the Jupiter probes can't be real because in order for the Jupiter probe to see anything... There has to be a conscious mind behind it. 
what they're doing is they're pulling from the double slit experiment and they're assuming that the, the conscious uh, observer, you know, the, the, the conscious causes collapse theory. And they're saying that the photons that hit there can't collapse because there's no conscious observer there. First of all, that's entirely wrong because there's it's not a double slit in the... In the uh, in the, I mean that 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 happens in a particular situation. This, this mm-hmm. sort of interesting quantum reaction and, and and interesting quantum experiment happens when you arrange things in a particular situation with a double slit. A standard camera is just a fucking camera. It it works pretty much. You can describe it pretty much classically. You don't have to worry about it as quantum effects. So you don't have to worry about whether okay. there's going to be some conscious observer out there pulling, you know, observing the photons so that they happen on a detector. There's no double slip. Right, okay. And then the point that this person made was that then somebody on Earth has to get the information and when they get the information... They are observing it for the first time. And they're building that into an image. And it was like, there's a kernel of truth there. There's a kernel of the the fact that the information is unknown until it is until it so is it's stored but unknown. Right. It's it's it could be anything, but until it is in until it is uh, transmitted and received, right? When when it's received, well, it's so built. the storage medium knows the result, but you don't because it hasn't been transmitted to you yet, right? Well, it's it's more like the the spacecraft is in a superposition of of sending you junk versus sending you an image because you can build a random assortment of data and assume that but it's much more likely because of the way the, ca- well, the camera works that it's going to send you uh, an array of data that you would expect to receive that makes an image. I mean, couldn't you say something like on my phone I may or may not have a message from work, right? Because I haven't observed it yet. But the the bits. If are... you get a message, yeah, yes. If you get a message, and you haven't observed what that message is, you you can say it may or may not be from work, but you know you have a message. Well, I don't because say my notifications are turned off. But well, when then, I you, then tap you, the screen, I will see something. Then you could say I'm in a state of not knowing whether I have a message or not. But the flash storage on the device knows right the data is there yeah the superposition is between me and the storage not between me yes and it's your knowledge the human, about the system the not, human that sent the message it's your knowledge about the system yeah. that we're talking about not the system itself yeah. we're, we're just dis- so in other words what we're discussing is the state of your knowledge about what the system is doing not the state of the system so and that is really and that's no different than saying like uh, I don't know what the political parties are in Vietnam. They could be anything. There could be just one. I just don't know. Uh, once I do know, I'm informed. But until then, it's a superposition. So the the point here is that 
what I'm trying to get to is that the 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 quantum description of something isn't really that mysterious. It's just that there is some information you don't know about mm-hmm. the system. It's not necessarily that the system doesn't contain that information. It's just there's a certain amount of information you can have, and there's only you can only have up to that piece amount of information. So that's the quantum thing. Is that there are some aspects you can't get complete information about everything all the time, but the weird quantum stuff with superpositions and things being in multiple places is just your lack of information about a system, your lack of of having the the complete information. So, I'm not saying quantum isn't weird. I'm saying that quantum is weird in a different way than most people right. think. Sounds good. I'm getting tired. So. Okay. Uh, Anything else you really want to talk about? You can pop balloons with oranges. With oranges? Yeah. I presume not by throwing them at balloons. No. Okay. How else would I pop a balloon with oranges? Uh, does the citric stuff like interact with the latex and make it pop? Yes, but not from oh, the okay. juice of the orange. From the juice of it's the well, that's stuff. actually what yeah. I was thinking of. Is like the the gugon citric essence. Whatever. The stuff that they put in cleaners and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That will react with the latex and okay. pop it. So that's a cool experiment to do. Oh, my first guess. So pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Um, we didn't talk about Cheers in the show. Uh, polarity, water, and oil. Interesting stuff's going on there, but that's eh, we can talk about that some other time. Um, water doesn't mix with oil because water is a polar solvent and mm-hmm. oil is not polar. So, okay. but that's uh, I we don't have to talk about my ramen my ramen uh, recipe. Okay, we don't have to talk. About it. Uh, and the good place comes back next week. I was thinking about getting a sous vide for Christmas. Ah, I'd recommend it. Make sure you also get a vacuum sealer and vacuum. Well, you have already one. have one. I have one. So, yeah. Do it. It's... I saw someone who bought like a cheap combing cooler and cut a hole in it for mm-hmm. the sous vide thing and it just does rise in the cooler. The plastic thing that I have is is fine. It's like 20 bucks. I just mean, get, get one with a lid and... I mean, you can put it in a pot. Mm-hmm. It'll work in a pot, but I found that the plastic... Having it in, in its own position is cool. You don't have to get the one like that's Wi-Fi connected like mine. <laughs> you can just get the Bluetooth one. It's cheaper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll just make my own. I mean, you could. Well, the thing is, you got to not have just have the, not just have the temperature thing, but also have a circulation system in there, right? I mean, while yeah, you could make your own. Some of these are like the yeah. question is: the is cost, ninety dollars? Yeah. It's better to pay ninety dollars for things already made and won't break. And if it does break down, you can send it back or something. <laughs> or your own. Or spend dozens and dozens of hours. Right. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be fun to have some sous vide. Heather be like, "You want to do what? Best salmon I've ever had, and some of the best hamburgers and steaks I've ever had." Too. Okay. Uh, cooks everything perfectly. Um, I actually my I have to send something to Nova. I'm worried about right now because they're probably 
busy, but my clamp broke. The clamp. <laughs> so apparently they'll replace it for free, but I just have to like tell them. I wonder how sous vide works for the Impossible Burger. Well, I mean, you you would you would have to sear it, but if you if you just get it up oh, to right. a temperature, that's fine. Like I I made burgers that are like two inches big, and they're but they're perfectly medium rare uh-huh. throughout, and then you just sear the outside. Yeah. Awesome. I bet. I'm just you know with uh, that whole soy based you know beet juice blood thing. How that works with sushi, I wonder. Uh, well, I bet once I have one, it'd be yeah. worth a try. All right, I think that's good. Uh, we will talk to you. Next week, After yeah. we get back from D.C. and Seattle. Well, yeah, it's next week. Yeah, because um, yeah, you'll be back on Friday. I'll be back on uh, Wednesday. Yeah. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.